0: Hey, what is good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. We are, on, we are on episode 57. And you know what's up. The episode starts right now. I'm back you're back and you know what else is back my voice is back (laughs) last week man i felt like i was talking through a straw but this week i've got to give the people give the people what they want rob keep it mclean what's good baby
1: happening brother?
0: Along with this man Mr. McLean I am Jason DeBiz this is episode 57 got a lot to talk about man we got some interesting topics today of course we're going to talk about the all-star game right that's the elephant in the room which I really hated the all-star game like in previous years because it wasn't like the 90s where they actually played defense but you got these money incentives you have you have stuff like that all of a sudden you know Every now and then, someone's gonna block a shot. Someone's gonna draw, take a charge, and and now you got you know now now you get somewhat of a game. But I do like the format. We're gonna talk about that. Um, we have we're gonna talk about a little FIVB the um, qualifiers. with today? So and the main draw is gonna start. Um, sorry, the qualifiers were yesterday because it's this Tuesday. Um, and the and main, draw, main draw stars today actually as of last night 11 o'clock our time last night so we're gonna definitely chat about that to shame or not to shame coach Mcdermott's on the hot seat got quick question of course we got our female athletes we're gonna salute for because it's not only international women's day yesterday on monday but it's inter, it's not na, it's national women's month so every week we're gonna we're gonna salute um an elite athlete or, or someone in sports of the opposite sex that... Might not, maybe as a trailblazer, or maybe just does does other things. But first, things first. Rob, <clears throat> UFC, two fifty nine. Pretty good card, man. Thirteen matches. Every in fact, in the early prelims, all the way up to the prelims, every every fight was like a finish, and everybody likes finishes, and I really like mm-hmm. Dominant Cruz coming back in, and and this fight, this final match did deliver because. Nobody came in knowing what to expect. You know, like if you expected like a rock 'em sock 'em thing and got that, you'd be disappointed. If you expected someone to get wrestled to the ground to see if someone submits them, then maybe you're disappointed. But we didn't know what to expect and it fulfilled our unexpected expectations. <laughs> and we're definitely going to really? talk, uh, plug in and out through quick question and now in the UFC 259. That was the main event. Amanda Nunez, our lioness, man, savage. Did you see the size of that girl? Did you see the size of Megan Anderson? When I saw her, I was like, dude, they have a cave troll. <laughs> they enlisted a cave troll and, and sucked her down to 145 to fight Amanda Nunez. And go ahead.
1: You were going to say it. Say she, it with me. She, she was swinging for the fences. Oof. I mean, Amanda Nunez's fists are like, seriously, the, like the way she fights – Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty crazy, you know. You Do, gotta but, give her the you gotta give her the goat status, like but, she's the best.
0: Yes, but does she smell blood or something? To like, <sighs> like I see her have some fights. Like I've seen her fight Jermaine Durandamine, and I've seen her have some fights with Valentina Shevchenko. These matches that went to a decision, and I've seen her like clock some people, but then instead of going after them, she she assesses the damage, and then starts picking her spots again. But similar to ronda rousey when she clocked her once or twice she she knew she knew she was rocked and she's from that point she just started loading up man and and
1: yeah
0: and that submission whew, that submission what was it i, I believe it was triangle armbar it looked like it's gonna be a triangle choke and she's like yo you're gonna give me a neck i'm gonna cut off your blood flow or, or something it was both right it was i call it a world of hurt it's you're gonna you're gonna nap but you're gonna that's gonna snap but topic one, Rob, we got to talk about something that a lot of, that me and you might seem silly, but it would be podcast malpractice because it's being talked about. Aljamain Sterling, title changes hand, changed hands on Saturday. Aljamain Sterling, our native, our dirty New Yorker, our Long Islander out of Sara Longo, has won the Bantamweight Championship. That's the good news. The bad news isn't the manner how it was won. He was in the match where I thought he might have been down two-one or ahead two-one. A lot, two, two of the judges had. Um, Peter Yana had two-one. I personally thought Aljamain won the first two rounds, but it looked like he was losing. The, he was on his way to losing the last three, and catches an illegal knee. Not only an illegal knee on uh, someone that had both hands on the ground, but had a knee on the ground. So the referee had to call it intentional because the referee said he's down before he kicked him, and backing into a championship was algemeen sterling who really if you look at the, the his face he didn't he didn't want to win that way and i think um me and you as mma enthusiasts looked like he didn't want to win that way so rob the stupid question is because it's on twitter it's on social network and we got to talk about this was algemeen sterling faking the funk
1: um no i mean he wasn't faking it um i think he really he really wanted to, you know, get back and fight. Um, <clears throat> you know, I thought he was the aggressor most of the time in the fight. And uh, he did that. And, and a lot of people do that and they get caught. But he was doing that for three rounds, you know. So I think eventually um, he's really going to wear down Peter Young And, uh, you know, he, he's going to, you know, find his range a little more. He's going to be able to maybe take him down. I, I thought him being that aggressive and being able to last that long in the fight was, was, was the more impressive thing than, uh, than, than anything. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I see, I would love to see that rematch. I think that has to be a rematch, uh, you know, in order for that title to really matter. Um, and, you know, I really see that, you know, Al Jermaine, you know, winning that fight. Um, you know, if, if, it, if it really turns out the same way, uh, but I would have loved to have seen the last couple of rounds, you know, that's, yeah. that's my only thing.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, this is a debate show, but there's we have something to debate on this but but him f- uh faking the injury, making it more than it really was to get the title, uh you're gonna have to miss me on that. if you watch for everybody listening to this podcast, if you actually watch the knee and like just everyone's reactions is like, oh, but if you watch between that all the way up to five seconds after the knee. I thought he was knocked out. (laughs) I thought he was knocked out and came back too. He was knocked out and came back too. And he looked like he tried to get up and he he sat down. And it's weird because him trying to get up, the the reason why people were calling bullshit is he looked like he was mindful if he didn't get up what the result was going to be. And and. You know what? That there's a. I believe he was mindful that he knew what the result was going to be if he didn't get up, but he did try to get up. Because of that, I thought because he was mindful of it, he did try to get up. And if you saw him cry his eyes out when they waved the match off, he, you come on, that. I saw T.J. Dillashaw send a tweet saying, then the Oscar goes to whatever, and this and that." And I'm like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna out your own people like that. You're going to, you. I mean, that, go
1: ahead. But that, that comes from like a snake dude, you know, TJ Dillashaw, like, is just, you it's know, the snake. most, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, of course you'd be thinking that way, you know, I think it's just stay true to yourself and, you know, if it really was that, then, you know, the fight's coming back to you and you better be prepared. You know, if it wasn't that, then, uh, um, you know, unfortunately you, you actually earned it. And, uh, now you're gonna to have to fight him again, and you're ready for that fight. You know, I think it's gonna be a great fight. I think it's gonna be a lot harder to to judge what's gonna happen with Jermaine in the driver's seat, uh, mentally. You know what yeah. I mean? All
0: right. Different. So let me ask you this: since we're on this subject, I think because now we're gonna now we're talking about because we both agree the, the rematch is imminent. I mean, that would be. Um, MMA malpractice to not have that rematch. You think he's going to be like mm-hmm. moving on? No, we got you. Move on to that rematch. I'm going to give you something. I think Aljamain should do. Is probably going to do to improve next time. I think he had such an adrenaline dump because of the excitement of being in a title match. He did gas. He did gas, and he was in danger of of. um Getting caught in the fourth round, I did think he had a last win to survive all five rounds, like you said, and maybe maybe even walk away three to two. I don't know what the judges are thinking, but who the hell does? I think he if he comes after him, he's gonna he's gonna do a lot what Amanda Nunez does. He's gonna assess the damage, and then he's gonna he's gonna pick his spots because the Chael Sonnen once said, if you try to finish someone you might lose a decision <laughs> if you go for the for the finish you you will lose a decision those were his words it's it's a generalization but I get it what's something you think Peter Jan's gonna do differently in the rematch
1: I mean just be more aggressive <clears throat> you know I think he's kind of waiting for Al Jermaine to be aggressive and it kind of stifles his offense which is you know, it's kind of like Amanda Nunez. Like, no one really takes the fight to her. Like Holly Holm kind of did, but she doesn't have the offense to to back up her aggressiveness. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, Amanda Nunez does great greatest on her offense first and then going forward. And, you know, she's like a um, a boulder going downhill. You know, when she started, it's kind of hard to stop. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's what I feel like Peter Jan has to do. He has to get into, you know, his groove, like what makes him comfortable uh, offensively. Um, and, and fight that against um Al Jermaine's offensive uh aggressiveness um as opposed to being defensive in the aggressive aggressive nature um it just doesn't work you know unless you know you you have to fight both sides of that game um you can't just be defensive you can't just be offensive you know you have to have that 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 good balance and uh <clears throat> when someone's being aggressive at you and you just automatically are in your mind you know i'm a i'm a uh, I'm a defensive fighter, kind of. You know, yeah. you you. If you don't throw the punches, you're not an offensive fighter. Yeah. You know, it's just what
0: it is. Well, we both thought that Peter Young was going to wait out the 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 storm because they. We both thought Aljamain was going to come out the same way he did against Corey Sandhagen, which can get you caught. So you you can you can watch tape and catch him trying to come in, or you can wait it out. And then when you think. Uh, Aljamain has nothing left. You could finish him, and I, and that's what it looked like. Peter's plan was, uh, but such a, such a weird thing, man. Like he, um, Khabib was there, and Khabib translated. Like he looked at his corner. Like you know, I'm, I'm can I, should I kick him? And they said yes, kick him. And he and he did, <laughs> bam. And they're just like no. So the question is, do you think disqualification should change hands? Uh, uh, the title should change hands on a DQ.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't think that was a, I mean, that's really, like. is it going to go to interim? I think it has to kind of, as a formality, it kind of makes sense, you know, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> God, because, it, because if it's not anybody's belt, then anybody can kind of fight for it next. Um, right. So I think it just makes it more of a formality that'll be. Uh, a rematch yeah
0: if the title didn't change hands because of a dq there'll be a whole bunch of Ric Flairs out there dude rick flair would be like you know what i'm losing this match i'm gonna hit him in the nuts i get dq'd <laughs> but i keep my belt <laughs> you know <laughs> um but i like the way the rules are for the people listening at home where uh the mma casuals who want to know more about this in mixed martial arts title matches are five rounds so after the third round if someone gets hit like by an illegal hit or if someone is unable to continue because of that activity usually if it's not a dq they go to the judge's scorecards after the third round before the third round into the third round it's a no contest if it's if it's unintentional and they're unable to continue then it's a no contest but if it's unintentional after the in the fourth and fifth round they go to the judge's scorecards and go from there um, but this, um, the referee ruled intentional, and, and I thought he was right. And it was a DQ, and and here we go, next match. Congratulations to the camp, Sarah, uh, Matt Serra, Ray Longo. They now have their third champion, Long, Strong Island represent. First it was uh, Matt Serra beating George St. Pierre, beating one of the GOATs. And then it was Chris Weidman beating Anderson Silva, one of the GOATs. And now... I mean, Al Jermaine Sterling's got a lot to prove if he, if he wants to to keep that title after if should he beat Pedion again, and time will tell. But congratulations, they got a third champ there. Women's um, International Women's Month or Women's Recognition History Month or Women's History Month, man. Gotta salute the lioness one more time, man. I can't say, we can't say enough about this 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 girl who's like, Phew. wow. <laughs> Dominic Cruz, big up to him. Islam Makachev uh, Maka uh, submitted Drew Dober. He's um in Khabib's camp, and he's uh, I believe seven and one in the UFC. He's fourteen and one all together. So that wraps up the UFC. Let's cool man. Anything Anything you have you want to add to that that pay per view or?
1: No, yeah, that's Amanda New Year's, man. That's 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 best best of all time.
0: Yeah, man. They used to call Ronda Rousey the Instagram fighter. <laughs> and they're like, why do you call her that? It's because the matches are so you fast. <laughs> you can just then. catch it, right? You can just put it on Instagram, put it on a clip, you know? Well, Ronda's most impressive victory to me was Kat Zangano because I thought Kat was going to, that was just a tussle. and She wound up getting caught, man. I thought that would be more more of a, 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 a rumble, you know, rumble and tumble thing. But All right, so topic two, we go to the NBA All-Star game. Basically the question is this. Rob, do did did the All Star game give the fans what they wanted to see?
1: Um yeah, I mean honestly at this point I think anybody just wants to see, you know, as much basketball as they can. Um <clears throat> I was pretty disappointed that there were so many players like uh out and they, they weren't able to maybe reshuffle the teams because I mean, it was clearly one side, and yeah, Simmons the and Embiid, level. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Simmons and Embiid, Durant. I mean, they're all off <laughs> one team, and you, you got it was just very, very interesting, like uh, the talent levels on the on the, on each side. <clears throat> but um, yeah, you know, I think they, you know, it was fun. You know, I, I was glad that they were able to condense everything into one one like one sitting. You know, where you got the skills in the three point before, and you got the dunk contest in the halftime. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, man. Listen, they gave the fans what they wanted to see because you want to see people score, you want to see people dazzle, you want to see people shoot these three three pointers from damn near half court or or, for, or on the or on the NBA logo, which Steph Curry started doing, and and Damian Lillard just finished in in style. You knew you knew when they had three points to go that they were right that it was going to be a three to finish the game. So, really, really like what I saw. Greek freak, sixteen for sixteen, gets the um, All Star MVP. I like that they played some defense in flashes and I like that. I like the scoring format and like, Winning by quarters and and how they structure that it makes it's it's galvanizing and it's interesting for the fans and it was it was really a made for TV thing because of COVID and that's exactly how they did it they did a maybe made for TV thing to entertain the fans at home and yeah man it's pretty cool I ended up watching a replay because I told myself I ain't watching this nonsense because I hate watching the All Star game because it's just a bunch of people smiling at each other letting each other dunk on each other oh good one hey you know yeah. next thing you know they fist bumping roasting marshmallows singing camp songs together come. On man, stop it, you know. But, but no, this. As long as it's competitive in spurts, you know. As long as it gets personal a little bit and a uh, competitive juices wise, um, I'm happy and I was happy about this. I'm very, I'm always, always happy to watch Curry in the three point competition. Because he's, he's the guy's just fun to watch. The man's a pure shooter, man. And, and it's a testament between people like him and the other three-point competitors how much work you put into the stroke and the consistency. And at the end of the day, your technique could be right, but it's still got to go in the goddamn hoop so right there's so many people that it's got true. great technique you know like we're volleyball players right you got a good jump sir this guy's got a great hit but it's still i mean you can burn the block you can do all these things but the ball has to go in the court <laughs> you know <laughs> off a defender or or or, or clean yeah. so yeah. um anthony simmons dunk champ i thought this cat from the knicks did a really good uh like a between the legs one. Oh my god that was really good but i'm not too mad at simmons getting being the dunk champ on this but but um, yeah, man, good good All Star Game, and like you said, yeah. I really missed Embiid and um Simmons. They were on COVID. Um, the same thing I was on. They were on. Um, they didn't test positive for COVID, but they were. They had a contact tracing thing, and again, testament to the NBA being the ambassadors of the United States and how we supposed to do this thing in this COVID era. Which, by the way, we're one year in. You know, dude, we you have we haven't done this in studio since March last year. It's March so true. happy true. freaking anniversary <laughs> <laughs> all right topic number three we're going to the world of beach volleyball we're going to talk a little bit about the fivb because doha might be the only tournament between um in cutter or qatar or whatever the hell you want to call it might be the only big four star or better that that we have before the olympics come so significant um Significant to the players that are trying to get that second spot, and 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 people that are trying to whatever. I don't know if there's any more bid tournaments left, so I will have to look into that. But, but let's have a little fun. Let's ease into this. First things first. Uh, we got world class players. We have good um, national players. We have the AVP. We have we had P fourteen forty had the NVL. But right now we're here to talk about the grinders. We're here to talk about the people in the qualifier matches, the gladiator pits. Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. So this. Small episode of this segment is dedicated to the people in the qualifier matches and the people who watch the qualifier matches and the people who are fortunate to see some of these uber exciting matches that are not in the main draw. So, Rob, without further ado, I will walk us through it. These are the top five qualifier matches in the AVP the last 10 years. Let's go to number five. Number five, 2017, Miles and Marcus. The brothers Partain go against Modder and Playcheck, and you can see how skinny they are. You can see how gangly, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because they ended up qualifying at 15 and 17 years old. Look at that lefty. Look at Miles. And those. that's my number five. And mature beyond their years, and now they're a little bit bigger, and their power games are a little bit stronger, but they made little to no mistakes. Number four, New York City, 2016, Mike Salik. And that guy is Greg the Savage Hunter. His shorts are tight. His body's hairy. He's balding at the top of his head. But he don't give a damn. He came to ball. And that drew a bigger crowd in a qualifier match than the main draw did all the way into Sunday. So big up to Salik and Hunter for taking the fourth spot on this top five list. Which brings me to number three, all my exes live in Texas. Quesada, Schickler against Miller and Ryan. This match went to the nightlights came out, man. And the nobody went home. It was a party atmosphere. And another crowd that was main draw worthy. Um, um, quantitatively speaking. Wow, he, he who tits the tape wins. And also he who serves left shoulder wins. That's match point. And Quesada, I forgot the hyphenated last name. He and Sch- uh, Schlicker. Qualify to the main draw. And here's and here's it from the hometown crowd. That's my number three, Rob. Which brings me to number two. Manhattan Beach, California, 2018. That is Matt Proser. That is Eric Baranik. He goes to the right. Move into the right. <laughs> Move into the left. <laughs> Moving to the left. There he goes. Goes cross-court on the fake. On the other side of the net. That's Derek Olson. And that is indoor um sensation, Paul Lottman. This is a long rally. This is the rally I chose to represent this. But this had another huge crowd, which, by the way, was not the qualifier finals. This is a qualifier third round. That's the number two seed, Lotman and and, um, Olsen. And that's the wrist away. And there go the shades. Some lucky woman walking around, minding her own business, catches them out of the air. And the the crowd goes wild. And Eric gives time to give me the, uh, uh, the double tap. (laughs) That's number two. And Rob, number one. I mean, there's a dispute about what's two, three, four, five, all the way up to 15, but there is no dispute about number one. This is Rafu Rodriguez, Kevin McCulloch against Reed Pretty and Shalk Huntington Beach, California, 2017. There were people under the pier. There were people on top of the pier. There were people on the side. There were people walking on the strand watching this match. Everybody stopped. Another main draw worthy match from the qualifier match, which, by the way, was Rafu and Kevin's first round match. And there's the stuff for match point. Point. Reed pretty came shock won this match and by the way didn't even qualify <laughs> a number one Rafael Rodriguez, Kevin McCulloch eliminated from competition. That match by the way produced 3 AVP champs. Came Shock won with Jeremy Casebeer in Seattle, uh, Rafu won with Ed Ratledge in San Francisco, and Reed Pretty 1 with Trevor Crab in Manhattan Beach. His name is Etchton Stone with one of the with the older brother Crab. So, Rob, shitload of honorable mentions, but before I get into honorable mentions, I want I want you to chime in because I maybe you have one or two that you want to talk about or maybe you want to talk about one or two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just remember the uh, the the one I remember is the first one is where, <clears throat> you know, Rafu and all them were playing. Yeah, it was just crazy looking over there at 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, that could be, like you're saying, a main draw game, uh, you know, even a quarterfinal at that point. Um, and, you know, it's just funny to see that in the morning and, you know, great, great, great volleyball.
0: Yeah, know. man. And, again, three guys that subsequently, you know, became AVP champs. He got an Olympic gold medalist. You got the, probably the best one of the best um beach players in the history of Puerto Rican beach volleyball, right, Rafu? I mean, I mean maybe Rick Amen or whatever and this and that, but Rick Amen was more of an indoor guy. Um yeah, man. Wow, what a match. But the second one too, like Matt Proser. At that time he was a cancer survivor, so him to get yeah. back on the court and not only that, that was a third round match for them and they, they eventually qualified. They they had to but they had to out number 2 Paul Lopman and um, uh, Derek Olson, you know, longtime time AV peer and also a head coach at California, Berkeley, uh, their beach team. And Eric Baranek has superpowers in Manhattan Beach because he qualified there. I think he qualified the year before. And then last year, uh, 2019, made it all the way to the semifinals with Bill Kalinske. I think you know something about that because I think you were one of the teams he beat um, in two sets to one, you know, which I thought was a really good match. Uh, honorable mention. I got to do this because they are going to be some people and I know you're coming back with me, Rob. Honorable mention. Let's um, New York City, um, 2018. Bree Scarborough and Aurora Davis beat Quiggle and Cannon. Very good match, and they ended up beating Betsy Flint and Day the first day of the main draw. So 2-0. Um, Honorable mention. Travis Mierda, Rafi Polis against Dentler and Marek. That was a match that was a second round. Honorable mention, of course, Dana Camacho, Dave Palm, <laughs> the guy that everybody loves, but nobody tapes. What's up with that? They played Dentler and Paulus. That was 2019. Honorable mention, you, my man, Rob, Rob McLean and Rob DiAurora against Dylan Lesniak and Garrett Westberg, uh, which just for um, te- having being a technical match, a mixture of technique, power, groundedness, and grit and determination, that match went an hour, I think an hour and an hour 15 where no one was willing to give up the goods and i thought that was one that was one of my favorite matches not for crowd generation but like for the for the volleyball purist um, honorable mention Nyquist and Paranagua over Cassie House and Pri Priante uh, de Lima also 2019 honorable mention Theo Brunner John Hayden over Schiltz uh, um, Earl Schultz and Jake Rudi <laughs> that's a tough tough match to get into the draw with um Last honorable mention, 2019, Chris Austin, Chris Johnson uh, over, I think they lost to Buttinger and Friend in, in um, Chicago. Buttinger and Friend qualified. So those are my honorable mentions. Guys, um, if you disagree with my list, send me a message. Send Rob a message. Send the telegram because I know I missed you. You're, you're always going to miss something. So to consolidate this to the top five, yes. you know we're not slapping anybody around. It's not a slap in the face to anybody else, all right? Um, before we move to our next subject, Rob um FIVB yesterday the country quota winners um trying to qualify to get into the draw Sponsel sponsor and Clays got in. I believe they beat um who did they beat I have a right here sorry they beat the Dutch. they beat the Dutch two sets to one. uh Patterson and Buttinger lost to the um the Dutch. 20 to 22 and 18 to 21 and Brunner and Schalk lost to Spaniards Menendez and Huerta two sets to one. I only saw one match, Rob, and I got a. I guess I got a message for Patterson and and um and Buttinger and I. You, I don't want you to chime in this because active players. aren't we don't really want active players criticizing other active players, but let's keep it real. You guys are vets. If you serve lollipops, you get licked. I don't know what your strategy was, serving straight to a guy and then mixing it up a little bit. You had to take a chance on this team. They, t- they ended up taking their lunch money because there's no way, because I've seen Casey Patterson serve tough. I've seen Butter serve tougher than that. And if they did, they're not losing these games 20 to 22 at 18 to 21. And they probably would have qualified. So a uh, bit of a disappointment. And what did I put? I said, I, I basically, my comment was, could serve just space be any weaker? And I guess people could take that how they want to take that. For me, I criticize volleyball players with volleyball. So if that's personal, come see me, message me. We work that out. But but for the people that listen to this podcast, I owe it to them to be honest. And I was, I'm emotional. I'm a USA guy, Rob. So so I was, so I'm emotional. I want them to get in. So of course I'm going to be mad. I'm like, what the F are you doing? I'm a long time coach. I'm a long time commentator. So of course I'm going to have an opinion on these things. So, but, um, Main draw started. I'm gonna when we get off this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. It started um, Monday night, uh, 11 o'clock p.m. our time. And the cool thing is uh, for the people um, that want to know where to watch it, FIVB has a YouTube handle. I think Center Court is shut down. They're not allowed to show that. I think for contractual reasons. But Court Two, Three, and Four, um, you can catch those matches on that. Are you I'm down with that? Yeah, man. Um but we're pulling for our people, right, Rob? I mean, right? Of course. We, you want to see Phil and Nick win. You want to see um um Climan and Ross win. You want to see I definitely want to see Kerry and, and Sweat win. So cool. But that was that was it for volleyball. Let's go to um topic number four. Since I'm teching my own show, I need you guys to be a little bit patient with me because topic number four. Get ready, Rob you know what it is it is (laughs) what do we call it (laughs) we call it to shame or not to shame here we go shame 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 shame
1: shame shame
0: oops not doing that again So, Rob, we could take a full minute on this or we could split the time. Rob, it's to shame or not to shame. I bring your attention a Creighton University men's basketball coach actually said in one of the, during the timeout, actually, I think a speech to his team. He says, guys, we got to stick together. Actually, I'll do this. Guys, we got to stick together. We need, oops, sorry, we need. Both feed in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. So those were his comments. Sorry, Rob, I keep messing up. Here we go. I did it again. There you go. All right. So, Rob, basically, let's do my scoreboard and we're back. So, Rob, basically, the plantation comment um, offended a lot of people, rubbed people the wrong way. He ended up apologizing and and it seems like the team is supportive of him. So Rob, uh, shame or no shame on this coach for the plant, for this plantation reference.
1: No, I mean, no shame. I mean, plantation isn't necessarily a a bad word. It's just, you know, in what way do you mean to use it? So, you know, if, if it, if other people feel a certain way about it, you know, it's okay to just change a little bit and, you know, maybe say the farm instead of plantation. It's not like a huge deal. So as long as he's, you know, willing to just make a little tiny little switch in how he uh, communicates to people, um, you know, I think it's very easy to make those people happy again. So I think that's really what it's about. So no shame. I'm glad he's willing to make a small change in his life.
0: Yeah. Me, I gotta go um shame but for, for but for all of the same reasons you say no shame, Rob. I go shame because he probably it's I don't think it's in his heart, but he probably got the reference from one of his players. That's my theory that that he probably heard the players say, We're not leaving the plantation. We we staying on the plantation and this and that. So it's probably something during a timeout as a coach, you wanna use something that your other players use. And, and I actually think he's falling on the sword on this sword for one of his players. He apologized right away. Everyone's very, very accepting of his apology there. They're, they're, are of course going to be skeptics that are being like, Oh, if he said it, it's because he, because he has it in his heart and he slipped up and we, and we caught him because it's in his heart. But I don't, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think, um, I think what's going on here is he probably heard one of his players say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you know, it's a quarantine. This is the plantation. Yeah, that's the master. You know, and this and that. And, that. and maybe um, like African-American uh, um, people and athletes are very playful when it comes to those things. I mean, it's not something you hear white people say because white people and society, society structures that white people are not allowed to be playful with those things like that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if you're a white person you grew up in a black neighborhood. You know, you don't you don't really get to use the N word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't. You know, <laughs> there's a Chris Rock You just hear it a lot. Yeah, but but it's one of those things. Like if a white person slipped up and said it. He's the product of his environment. And he ain't mean nothing about it. He's just—he's just racist, and he probably picked up what someone else said. And, and like you said, there is the power—there is the power in authentic apology, and there is apology and authentic um, acceptance of that apology, and life goes on. So, but at the same time, if he said it, you gotta call it shame. Oh, I call it shame, and that's what I call it. But, but, I mean, fireball offense. You know, any, anybody heating hit, up the pitchfork over this Rob McLean? Come on miss me with that one oh. i'm with you
1: yeah
0: damn it feels good to be mixed <laughs> so rob our next section i affectionately refer to as quick question and since i got my voice back quick question quick question oh, it's still it's still scratchy right uh <laughs> janice joplin ape a minus a- singer c plus band rob quick question is Lamelo Ball a runaway rookie of the year? Is um
1: it... <clears throat> I mean I don't know about runaway but yeah he's he's definitely the top of the top of the list. Um you know, flashy plays. He's just got he has a lot of players that he has to play around uh, like he, he he he's carving his way into the starting lineup, but there's a lot of players that um are are able to take his minutes, so yeah, I think he's just, you know, it's a, it's a tough road for him. But, yeah, he's definitely one of the most talented rookies and definitely a smart idea to pick him up with the third overall pick. You know, it's it's a great choice.
0: I like how you said that because the op- if the operative word is runaway, maybe we say no because there's still a whole bunch of seasons left. But if the operator word's a rookie of the year, I would say yes. So quick question, Rob. Blake Griffin signs with the Nets. Thumbs up or Ooh. thumbs down?
1: I mean, big thumbs up because, you know, we're going to see if Blake, you know, Blake's a smart player, you know, no matter what. So um,
0: That's our brother, man. <laughs> yeah, That's our brother. You know, he even looked like us. That's our brother, yeah. man. Thumbs.
1: So he's going, yeah, I think it's big thumbs up. But, uh, you know, we're going to see if, if he's physically capable of doing those things he used to do. So, or if he's just, you know, dis- dis- disinterested in, in Detroit. So yeah. I'm interested.
0: Yeah, I, I go thumbs up on this, um, and I like thumbs. I like thumbs up because it costs them nothing. He got the minimum contract, and and a guy like that surrounded by um, like-minded veterans is not is only going to help and not hurt. So I go a thumbs up. Quick question, Rob: Who is the best owner in the history of sports? These are your choices: Jerry Buss or George Steinbrenner.
1: Oh, I mean George Steinbrenner.
0: I go George Steinbrenner. Who yeah. will, um, quick question Rob will next year's Super Bowl be a rematch of the Bucks and Chiefs?
1: Um yeah, I think so. I mean I think, yeah, so, I think so. If if you know Tom Brady if everything stays the same. Yeah, I know, go yes I so. and
0: this time I see, I say the Chiefs win. Um quick question. The franchise tag deadline is today. The, today on today this on Tuesday. At 4 p.m., does Dak get tagged again? I'll answer that first. I say yes. Going to, he's going to get tagged again. They're not going to. Come up with, I don't think they're going to come up with his money.
1: No. Uh, yeah, I think they, they, he gets tagged for sure. Right.
0: Um, quick question: Antoine Walker and James Harden. You can't win with that style of play. Agree or disagree? I say agree. I think it wins games, but not championships. So. Um.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Harden back on Walker. He has no credibility. <laughs> agree or disagree? I say disagree. Anton Walker's an NBA champ and I don't yeah. even think you have to be a veteran or a hall of famer to to have an opinion. I I think there are people that never even dribbled a basketball that that will blow your mind. So, you know, having no credibility just because someone disagrees with you is a stupid thing to say. Um Quick question, Adesanya versus Blakovich, Do you agree with how the scorecards were? 49-46, 49-45,
1: 49-45. Um, honestly, yeah, I do. I, I thought it was, um, I, I didn't think it was very close, you know, as many times as Blachowicz might have gotten hit, you know, mm-hmm. he took him down a, a substantial amount of time, so.
0: Yep, cool. I agree. When I first saw how it was written, I thought they were out of their mind because in my mind, I thought Israel won the first two rounds. But if you're a judge that scored it 4-1 and you consider one of those a 10-8 round, 49-45 makes all the sense in the world, so I agree. Um, quick question, Rob. Is Shevchenko versus Nunez three the best match that the, the, women's, the uh, UFC women's can make right now?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I don't even think it's a question of, like, who who... Nunez has to fight next because that was the only close fight.
0: Close twice.
1: Twice, yeah, yeah.
0: I say yes be- because Amanda is the one thirty five pound champ, and um, we both know Shevchenko has, still has uh, a lot of power at one thirty five. Uh, um, she, I mean, if she moved up because she can't, people reminding people that don't know who she is she actually moved down to 125 she was originally 135 and did have a title shot against amanda units that we both agree was razor close. so with no worlds left to conquer between both champions let's let's make that money let's let's elevate women's women's mma right you know two hotties and just two class acts and two people know how to market themselves outside outside of the octagon let's make that happen quick question houston writer uh, a writer from one of the Houston uh, media suggests the Texans are willing to trade Watson to the Cardinals for Kyler Murray. Is that a good? I would mean, that be a good trade?
1: I, I was thinking about this. I, I think it's a fantastic trade for both teams. Um, I, you know, Kyler Murray is a very good player, but what does that mean in in football terms? Like, do you have to create a whole team to be for him to be his best? Deshaun Watson is a beast. You know he's he's going to be an MVP caliber. He was already an MVP caliber player uh, with with pieces around him. So no question, if they can make that trade, they should make that trade and for the least draft capital possible. You know, you get Kyler Murray and maybe a third round pick. You know, that's that's a that's a pretty good sign off for uh, for Arizona.
0: Yeah, I'd like that. I got a, a guy who who wants to leave Houston desperately. I got another. You got another guy who just wants to play football. He don't even give a <laughs> look like Kyler Murray. Don't even give a damn where even though Stock he's, is high. he's finally starting to get a relationship with his his, his receivers. Um, if it's more money for him, you know, he's, he played for Oklahoma. He was a sooner. So, you know, going to Texas would be probably a, an upgrade um, than being buried in Arizona. So I, I thumbs up that. So that, that concludes a uh, quick question. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one more thing before. We go in the spirit of Women's History Month. We uh, promised you guys one female in the world of sports, if it's an athlete or or just someone involved uh, behind the scenes that we want to give a shout out to her, a big salute. So my salute of the week goes to Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King, female tennis player, first openly gay player, um um and a and at a time period where. You were gonna get really teased, if not if not just on a serious note, vilified for that. Really elevated women's tennis because there was a very sexist thing going back 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 in the day, like women weren't making money, so they were basically doing tournaments for nickels and dimes. And she's one of the women that put her foot down, like, no, I'm I'm leaving. This tennis, U, UTA, U, UT, whatever, SA, for this tennis company because they're paying me more and it's gonna be on national TV. And then, of course, the battle of the sexes match for, for, for money seemed like an entertainment thing, but if you looked at the documentary behind the scenes, it was very, very serious business because it was this, this was an ass whooping to this guy for women anywhere because he, he was, the guy was a good, a good tennis player, but if he, who was not a pro, not even sniffing the top hundred, you know, top two hundred or, or, or any professional beats Billie Jean King in a match. It, it really crushes women's tennis forever. So, it was defending her home base. It generated a lot of money, um, and it made other female tennis players uh, step step to the front. You know, and 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 that's just a small example of the many things she's done over a two-decade period. So, Massiluka is the Billie Jean King. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, mine would be, uh, you know, I haven't really watched a lot of women's boxing, but, you know, I just was watching the other fight the other night, and I have to give her some shout-out, the Carissa Shields fight. You know, it made me very interested Shields? in being able to watch. Yeah, you know, I I was very interested, and, you know, I think that's really what, you know, the fighting industry, like, interests me, is where, you know, you just watch a good fight, and you watch, you know, two people, you know, are, Honed in their craft, or one better than the other, and you just watch, you know, art in a sense. Um, and so I just wanted to give a shout out there because you know, you never hear a lot about women's boxing, and I think she's done a fantastic job. And I mean, it definitely got me interested in watching the fights more. So, say the um, name again, i be baby. watching, say it Carissa again, Carissa Shields, Carissa Shields,
0: Carissa Shields, man. Great big up, man. And that's our salute for our women we're going to do one every week until the month of march is over and believe me i thought i mean in your mind you think you run out of women but if you just close your eyes and open them again they're 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 they're, they're hidden in plain sight so um that concludes before we go rob before we we um we we shove off and say goodbye to everybody is there something you'd like to say to the people you yeah.
1: know stay happy stay safe
0: Stay happy, stay safe. Rob McLean loves you people, all right? In fact, I'll, I think I you know what? I think I love everybody this week too, Rob, okay? So for everybody at home, for everybody on your iPad, for everyone on your iPhone, for everyone on your Droid, for everybody on the desktop who runs the world, old school, old school, for Rob Keep it McLean McLean. This is episode 57. I'm Jason DeBeyas. We made it, bro. <laughs> We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.